Games Arena, calling Canucks Games. It is Brendan Bachelor, Bachelor, Bachelor. 8.03 on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer. Today, we are in hour three of the program. Brendan Batchelor is going to join us in just a moment here for some hardcore Whitecaps talk. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find a perfect fit at kintech.net. To the phone lines we go. Canucks play-by-play man Brendan Batchelor here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Batch? How's it going? Good. We got you there. Everything good? You Can you hear us okay? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear now. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we are going to bombard you with Whitecaps questions just for the next 20 <laughs> or some odd minutes. Um, no, uh, all joking aside, we do need to start with last night's game. And we have looked kind of at this from a lot of different angles. One of them is like, I think the Canucks have broken the Oilers. Another one is that I cannot believe the Canucks are 14 points up on the Oilers in the standings. And it's November 7th. Uh, what was your big takeaway from last night's game? Because there were a lot of them. Yeah, I think it has to be the the frustration of the Oilers. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen Connor McDavid just that upset in a regular season game. Um, you know, Leon Dreisaitl takes the 10-minute misconduct at that point in the game when his team was actually going to the power play. So for the Oilers to try and push back in the game, they don't have Dreisaitl for the power play. Woodcroft gets tossed from the game, and I know he said afterwards that he didn't think he said anything too bad to get him thrown out, but uh, it's not often we see NHL coaches thrown out of games, so I'm not sure how much I believe him on that. But, you know, that that just looks like a team that's in complete disarray. And credit the Canucks for capitalizing on that. You know, obviously Edmonton had the great start to the game, and it was during one of the commercial breaks in the first period, I said to Randeep, this has the feeling of a game where the Oilers are going to get a ton of chances and score maybe one goal, and then the Canucks will score against the run of play and it'll completely break their spirit. And and that's exactly what happened. And Edmonton just didn't have the answers. They were way too loose defensively. And this is a Canucks team now with the way that they're playing that is set up to capitalize on teams that make those kind of mistakes. I just wasn't expecting the Edmonton Oilers to be one of those teams. Do you remember last season when we would have all these debates like, is it the goaltending or is it the play in front of the goalie? And at the end of the day, it was it was both, Right? The Canucks weren't playing well in front of Thatcher Demko, and Thatcher Demko wasn't playing per, uh, particularly well. Feels like that's happening in Edmonton right now. Like, I don't think you can sit there and say, like, Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell have been great. It's just the players in front of them. But the players in front of them last night, you know, on the Pew Suter goal, wide open in the slot for the pass, and he scores. And on the Nils Hoaglander goal, Hoaglander completely unchecked to bang home the rebound, despite the fact that Evan Bouchard is just like skating right beside him. So I don't know what's going to happen in Edmonton right now, but what I do know is that the Canucks have a goaltender. How much more, how much of the improvement in front of Thatcher Demko are you seeing though? Oh, vast. Uh, I mean, Demko has been tremendous. Don't 
don't take it the wrong way. You know, the reason they're able to win that game last night is because of how well he played and held them in it in the first period where, you know, they, they were underwater a little bit and, um, you know, they, they were having trouble with the Oiler forecheck and Edmonton was really aggressive and creating chances. And that is what the Oilers do well. But it was the other side of the game that ended up, you know, hurting Edmonton. And it's that side of the game that hurt the Canucks last year that isn't hurting them this year, where in zone defending, they they look like a five man unit. You know, they're they're filling lanes that they weren't filling last year. They're making plays to break up cycles that they weren't making last year. And, you know, not to mention their their neutral zone play, the fact that teams aren't able to attack off the rush with speed like they were as effectively last year when there were multiple odd man rushes against every game, it felt like. So, um, you know, the Oilers are at. at the Oilers look like the Canucks from last year in terms of the way mm-hmm. they're playing. And the Canucks look like a team that more resembles what you would have expected from the Edmonton Oilers. So it's definitely bizarro world right now, but I know Canuck fans are enjoying it. And with every passing game, every passing performance, I have more and more belief that this is going to be sustainable because they're finding ways to win different kinds of games. They had a bad start last night, flat out, and got behind early, and yet their top players and some of their secondary scoring cashed in, and they were able to exploit a, a clear weakness of the Oilers, which was their, their D-zone coverage and the amount of rush chances that they give up. And we saw the result, an incredibly frustrated Edmonton team at the end of the night and a Canuck team that you know continues to open up that gap with these other teams that are struggling in the Pacific Division. So, Batch, earlier in the show, we had this debate, who has been the Canucks MVP? I said Quinn Hughes. Uh, Halford said Thatcher Demko. And it's crazy that none of us picked Elias Pettersson, who is currently the NHL's leading scorer. Who's your MVP of the season so far? Quinn Hughes, without a doubt. Um, although it's it's a, a fascinating conversation because, uh, you know, in any other season, if any of Miller, Pettersson, Demko or Hughes were playing this way, they would be all, any of those four would would be shoe ins to be the team MVP because of how well they've played. But the fact is, they're all playing so well that you have to choose between them, which uh, is a, a nice problem to have if you follow the Vancouver Canucks. But to me, Hughes, the way he's elevated his game this year, uh, the way he's embraced being the captain, uh, you know, just how effortless he makes it look. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, I saw a stat going around last night. I think it, it had to do with the number of points he has through the first 12 games and his plus minus and it's literally a a two-person list that has him and Bobby Orr on it like that is how good Quinn Hughes has been to start this year right now at this moment he is probably the best defenseman in the world if not the best player in the world in terms of how well he is executing his game and and how well he is helping his team win games right now so if the season ended at this moment I would give it to Quinn Hughes, but man, it's a close race and there's a lot of season left. So it's going to be fascinating to see how all of these guys continue to try and help this team win on a nightly basis. So the Canucks are headed out on a three-game road trip to Eastern Canada now. Thursday, they're in Ottawa. Saturday and Sunday, they're in Toronto and Montreal, respectively. Which one of these matchups uh, intrigues you the most? 
the the whole trip is really intriguing and it sets up well. And, you know, I'm loath to give Thomas Drance credit, but I'll give him credit for this because he noticed something that, that I probably wouldn't have picked up is that all three of these games are against teams on the second half of a back to back. The Senators are playing the Leafs mm. on Wednesday and then the Canucks face them. Uh, the Leafs are hosting the Flames on Friday before hosting the Canucks on Saturday. And then I can't remember who Montreal's playing on Saturday, but both teams will be coming off a game the night before when the Canucks go to Montreal on Sunday. So uh, can they take advantage of opportunities where, again, they're, you know, scheduled wins, I guess you'd call them, facing tired clubs? Is there a chance they maybe see some backup goaltenders or are teams now saving their starter for the Canucks because of how well uh, they've played to start the year? And, and in terms of one game that's most intriguing, it always has to be the Maple Leafs for me. That's always the highlight game the Saturday night the Canucks are going to be firmly in the focus of the national media with how well they've started the season and if they can have a really good road trip here then you know the the national media is going to take a, a ton of notice not that they haven't already but we know how it works with with some of the media out east uh, it's a lot easier for them to analyze the Canucks and talk about them when they're playing the early games and and they're still awake to see them play so um, that that is always a fascinating trip when they go through eastern canada when they go through toronto and you know in past years it's had differing results in terms of how well they've been playing when they get there and you know i seem to remember a trip where thatcher demko was forced into the crease because markstrom had been hurt and, and he didn't have a very good game in toronto well you look at the way the Canucks are playing right now and they have a chance to come out of Toronto with a lot of attention on them for the way they've played to this point in the season and they have a chance to have yet another really good road trip and continue to pile up points and extend their lead when it comes to the other teams in the Pacific Division that are still struggling to find their game. Batch, could you see the Canucks playing Casey DeSmith twice on this road trip? Like, in theory, if they want to keep Thatcher Demko fresh for the whole season, and they've said they could, they said they want to, and obviously they want to keep him healthy. In theory, they could go Casey DeSmith Thursday in Ottawa, Demko Saturday in Toronto, and then go back to DeSmith in Montreal. Yeah, I, I don't think they will, but they certainly could, and they've set themselves up to be in a situation where that is absolutely an option. But in terms of rest for Demko, you know, you, you play last night, so you've got two full days between games before you face Ottawa, and then it's a weekend back-to-back, -back, so you know that they're going to split that. They're not going to play either of those guys on both of those nights. So um, if, if the schedule was a little bit more congested, then maybe I would say that, that it would be an opportunity for them to do that. Um, but... You know, I would imagine they also like that's the funny thing you have to manage here. You could get Demko a ton of rest this week, but he's playing so well that you yeah. almost want to keep rolling with him so that he builds on the momentum. So what I would expect is that Demko for sure plays Ottawa. And then if you look at the weekend, you would imagine that he's going to want the Saturday game in Toronto. Now, you know, we've seen Casey DeSmith start a bunch of Saturday games lately, so that may end up being a situation where they decide to go with the backup goaltender on the Saturday game to give Demko an extra day of rest and come back with him on the Sunday. I could see it working either way, but my expectation is that um, Demko will play two of the three games 
on the trip. And then you look at the way this month is sort of structured with the schedule. They've got a three game in, in four nights set again next week um, that involves home games and road games. So um, th- there's a back to back situation next week, I believe, with the Islanders and the Flames that I think is going to be really interesting to watch because the Islander game is the home ice game. But then the Flames game is the divisional game. So how are they going to prioritize? Do you play Demko on the road against the divisional opponent or do you have him at home for the, the Horvat revenge game? Like the, the way they manage the uh, the way they manage the goaltending the rest of the month is going to be really interesting. On top of the fact that you could get to Smith in a bunch because you play the Sharks a couple more times here over the next few weeks, too. So uh, it, it's refreshing to talk about a situation where they have the opportunity to get Thatcher Demko a bunch of rest because of the cushion they've given themselves. But at the same time, with him playing as well as he is right now, I could totally understand if they want to keep rolling him out whenever they get the opportunity. Uh, is it too early to t- start talking about that Horvat game at Rogers Arena? What do you, what do you think the uh, what do you think the um, reception is going to be for Bo Horvat? I hope it's a good reception. Um, you know, he he was a, a a great part of this organization for a number of years. Was sort of a, at times a, a beacon of of strong play through some tough stretches for this team. And I know everybody remembers the comments he made uh, after he ended up on Long Island. But to me, you know, the, the, the person he was in this community, the player he was for this team, the way he carried himself, I really hope that the fans give him a good response. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a, a smattering of boos or, or a different kind of reaction. But, um, you know, I, I think he deserves some recognition coming back uh, to Vancouver. And I hope the fans give him a, a nice round of applause and, and recognize the fact that you know he was the captain of the Canucks through a very tough stretch for this team but also had some really good performances for this team. Look back to you know how well he played in that bubble series against the St. Louis Blues mm-hmm. in particular and there are a lot of positives that came out of Bo Horvat's time as a Canuck. I know they're having a ton of success now that he's gone but um, you know he, he was such a great person to deal with from a media perspective and and you know was a, a great part of the community and really embraced being a Vancouverite so I, I would be disappointed if the reaction wasn't a positive one for him when they recognize him. Is that the only time we use the word smattering when we're talking about like <laughs> a smattering of booze or a smattering of applause? Yeah. Like when else would you use the word smattering? Uh, crowds only I smatter. Was on- yeah. I was only thinking in the kitchen, like if you're making something, like, oh, throw a, a smattering of Parmesan cheese. Yes, on. that's not a bad. smattering yeah. of jam on my PG- PBJ. But I usually just say like a pinch of something, right? But, but, but sometimes yeah. you need a smattering. Right. Is a pinch, pinch isn't specific enough. to salt, too? Yeah, like, that's It's true. always a pinch of salt, but is it a pinch of something else? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You can't say, have a pinch of jam. You have a smattering of jam? Yeah, yeah that you, makes you sense. You have a yeah. smattering of jam. Okay. All right. Well, we're taking care of the real important <laughs> stuff today. Everyone's in a good mood because of the Canucks, so thanks for joining us, Batch. Enjoy these next few games, and we'll chat again next week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. Uh, Brendan ba- Batchelor, the play-by-play voice of the Vancouver Canucks, here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet yep. 650. Smattering. Just a smattering literally just of means, batch. Literally means just a small amount of something. So mm-hmm. yeah, it could, could be used as a replacement for pinch. Right. A smattering of salt. But a pinch is like... You have a smattering a, of a, talent. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a pinch is like sometimes literal because you will actually pinch... Yeah, pinch the salt. ...amount. I always thought smattering would be more like random. Like a, like a smattering of applause. You get like a clap here, a clap there. A pinch is more right. refined. You're talking about the random people scattered throughout the audience Correct. clapping, right? Uh, that's that's scat- what I think of when I think of the word. A smattering. scattered smattering.
There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know. I know. I've said this a, f- a few times already, but I'm going to say it again. Smattering? Like, how, how fun is it to look forward to all these games coming up? The Canucks are going to win every game this month. Okay. Every there's game. just a great every game. Well, now they won't. But there's <laughs> yeah, you've ruined it. But there's a great hook for all these games, right? Yeah, it's a good like schedule. these next three, they're all in Canada. Of course, you got the Saturday night in Toronto. But like the Ottawa game could be interesting from the Ottawa perspective. Montreal game maybe not so much. But every time you're going into Montreal, you're going to watch it. Uh, and then then the Canucks come home and they play the New York Islanders. We already talked about Bo Horvat. The very next night, they're going into Calgary. Mm-hmm. Right? The Cauldron. Well, actually, it's well they haven't they haven't played they haven't played the Flames in the regular season yet. They played them approximately six hundred times during the preseason. But like this Flames team is not in a good way either. I hope and they then, kept all the receipts from that ten nothing game. I do too, frankly. Yeah. And then uh, and then they have a couple of games against the Seattle Kraken. And if we're talking about positioning yourself for the playoffs, and in order to be a team that makes the playoffs, you have to keep other teams down. Games against Calgary, I mean, Calgary might already be out of it, but Seattle, those are two huge games against the Kraken, a team we really haven't talked about much this season because we've been so focused on the Canucks and so focused on the two teams in Alberta. I was monitoring them pretty closely at the beginning of the year because they got off to a slow start. They're 4-6-2, four, no. so this is, this, is, this is an opportunity for the Canucks to further damage their start. Okay, I do want to do one, what we learned before we turn it over to break and then come back and do the humanoids and everything else. Um, we haven't at all mentioned what happened on Monday Night Football last night, and that's understandable because a lot of people, and by that I mean pretty much everybody listening right now, was hyper-focused on the Canucks and Oilers. But um, it was not a picturesque game. The Los Angeles Chargers beat up on the New York Jets 27-6. to There were eight sacks of poor Zach Wilson yesterday during that game. It was just a cacophony of errors if you're talking about what the Jets were doing on offense. They fumbled the ball four times. I think they lost three of them. Uh, Wilson was getting sacked with far too much regularity. They only put up six points of offense. Justin Herbert didn't really have to do anything. It wasn't like he had an impressive night. 16 of 30 passing for 136 yards. So you're thinking, ugly, ugly primetime football game with not really good quarterback play. Why are you talking about this? Oh, it's because of quarterback play. So yesterday... Just weeks removed from surgery to repair a torn Achilles tendon, Aaron Rodgers is out there in the pregame flinging 55-yard passes while doing three-step drops Mm -hmm. in the warm-up. Right. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, God, I don't know what's going on here. What was he? He wasn't in a uniform or anything. No, he's in civvies. Oh, okay. We call him civvies. Was he wearing a suit or something? No, just (laughs) civilian clothes. Sweatpants or whatever? He was wearing uh, just regular dude gear. Okay. Just looked like a parachute pants. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, no, he wasn't MC Hammer. (laughs) So anyway, after the game, he's chatting with a variety of Chargers players, including star defensive player Derwin James. And James says, hey, when are you coming back? And Rodgers was caught on the microphone saying, in a few weeks. Hmm. The Jets are 4-4. Four and four. Almost in spite of Zach Wilson and what they've had to deal with, they are hanging around the fringes of, I'm going to be honest, a mushy middle in the AFC that isn't really super inspiring. The Bills have underachieved. The Chargers have underachieved. The Texans have overachieved. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's going to happen in the AFC North because you've got... 
Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincy, they're all in a playoff spot. And, but they have to play against each other, right? And Pittsburgh is in despite a minus 30 point differential. I think I think, Pitts, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are the hardest team to watch in the NFL. Yeah, it's gross, it's gross football. It is. It is on offense. It is tough to watch. And I don't know if Cleveland is ever going to get the quarterback position sorted out to where they're going to be a bona fide team. They're a bona fide defense. Cle- Their think, defense is unbelievable. I think Cleveland's going to make the I would sooner pick Cleveland to make the playoffs than Pittsburgh. The biggest issue with Cleveland is that um, it's a tough schedule. Mm-hmm. I, but again, part of that is because what the about Houston? You play in. He, is, right, and Houston's Houston, four and four. So all the, the only all I'm saying is that it feels like there's going to be a legitimate bona fide race. This is often is for those wild card spots. If Rodgers can somehow come back from what should have been a season ending injury, mm-hmm. can you imagine the intrigue? And the drama, yeah. and that is must-watch TV. And is he also thinking, like, I need to be back sooner than the start of the playoffs because we need to, you know, oh, he can't win some come, games no, and no, make, no. make the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs if he doesn't play regular season games. He needs to play regular season games for them to make the playoffs. Everything in this surgery and recovery has been so expedited. I don't know where the truth lies. Well, you might you might as well if you're him, right? You're like, it's, it's not like you have 12 years left in the league. Right? Rush it if you have to. Right. I mean, the, the concern is that, you know, you do it again. Because it was, I was also yeah. uh, on the TL, I call it the timeline. But then the do t- you just take some ayahuasca and you don't even worry about it. On, on focus. <laughs> on the TL. Uh, there's Max Pacioretty is doing a little bit of audio or, or interview right now. He's doing some media. Pacioretty, of course, did the Achilles twice. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, the, the theory, working theory is like once you do it once, you're more susceptible to injury. So while I can, how do, how do you pronounce the drug again? Ayahuasca? Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. Ayahuasca. Sounds uh, fun to say. While that Ayahuasca? may give you the mental clarity needed to return. Yeah. It's, My foot hurts. It's the physical clarity <laughs> that you need with the, the, the torn Achilles. Have so. you ever been to Ayahuasca? <laughs> no. <laughs> I might try it this summer. Uh, okay, let's try it Oscar. during a show once and see what see what happens. <laughs> let's uh, let's moo cow all that. Right now. We just like have this tremendous clarity. Like we're all wasting our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this for a living, man. Okay, uh, we're gonna focus. We're gonna go to break. We're gonna come back. If we have any what we learns, we'll do those. Humanoid what we learns coming up next. We're giving away a pair of tickets to see WWE SmackDown on Friday. January 5th at Rogers Arena. If you want to win tickets, hashtag your what we learned with WWL and put a ticket emoji into your text. You will be entered into the contest to win a pair of tickets to see SmackDown in January. That's all coming up next on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Hitting the most important topics for Vancouver sports fans. The People's Show with Vic Nazar. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. 8.32 on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. 
Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today, we are in Hour 3 of the program. It is what we learn time. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. (laughs) Okay. Let's do some what we learns real quick. Jason doesn't have anything, but Laddie and A-Dog do. We're going to start with you, Laddie. You're the first of the dogs to step up today. What did you learn over the last 24 hours? What we learned today is the time to shine for all you fans out there who think you could have done a better job than Jim Benning because the new version of the video game Franchise Hockey Manager comes out today. It's been updated and it, it, if you don't know what it is, it's for the super nerds out there that just want sort of, uh, if you want to play an NHL video game, but without the game part of it, where you're just managing the team <laughs> yeah. and you do all of the behind the scenes stuff, this is like this is the game manager. for you. And yeah. it has all of the rules and all, everything that you need to, to be a proper GM. And then what does it simulate the game? And it simulates something? everything. You go through it many, many years as you want. You can draft players and come up with your own team. Who makes this game? I've never even heard of this uh, game. It's the people that do the outside of the park baseball out of the manager. Park yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's the okay. people that do the baseball version but it's just the hockey version of that but it's super deep like it has teams down to like the like minor hockey level essentially so are, are you, you playing an organization are you yeah. playing against others or are you playing against the computer what do you what do you I think there is a way to play online with your friends I mean, you're you obviously wanna... playing alone <laughs> yeah but well you're on your computer. Like, you're not playing with her but there, there is a way you can play with your friends I think but I most people play by themselves and it's also right. cool. You can go back in time and start the franchise. Have you in, done them before, Lenny? I haven't done the new version. I played East Side Hockey Manager. It used to be called East Side Hockey. Mm-hmm. How'd you do? I was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, football Manager is huge, mm-hmm. right? The soccer that's, one. Yeah, and that's the one where you like don't just manage the first team. You have reserves. Oh, right. The, yeah, and you do it. You go into contract there's a, negotiation. There's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> yeah, like I find it incredibly boring. Incredibly boring, but I can understand because it is the day-to-day operational stuff. And if you really want to like sink your teeth deep into mm-hmm. the minutia, which some people find quite enjoyable, uh, I don't. I think you're all crazy. But there's fun uh, little stuff they add too. Like you got to manage the media and like come up with answers yes. to questions. Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like, like it's it's fun. As as far as a sim goes, it's pretty fun. But what's this called again? It's called Franchise Hockey Manager. Yeah, the, and the, how do you play it? The, the computer. <laughs> no, where do you get it though? Uh, it's on their website, Out of the Park Developments, if you just Google that or just search Franchise you go, Hockey. You, you have to pay your, for it? Yep. Yes, You it go is. to your local electronics. It's on boutique. Steam, I believe. <laughs> if you guys use Steam and want to download it on there. You no idea what's it. going on right now. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to play when I get home. GameStop. Just go to GameStop. It's I'm super sure in-depth. You can actually start it. You, you, can, go to, you can go to 2011 and redo the season and have, maybe perhaps have a different outcome. Mm-hmm. If you, I if manage the media differently. Maybe Aaron Rome doesn't get suspended in your version of tapping guys on the shoulder like ham hues no hip checks okay uh mook out a dog we've kind of rebranded a dog just in this segment as the lifestyle correspondent so like we'll all do the sports stuff and then you're sort of like pop culture lifestyle yeah, a, sma- a smattering of lifestyle new mm-hmm. cereal yeah. releases anyway yeah. what do you got for well, us today a dog uh, yeah, the Christmas train is coming back. It's been down uh, for two I years since this. 2021, since it caught a fire. It caught on like fire? That. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Imagine the spread that rumor. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, no, it, it went down for... It was, uh, it was like the scene from The Fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> 
You got to. I'm just gonna cut. I'm gonna just cut loose. Oh, one we got prisoner. a real. We got a real circus here. Yeah, you got to save the conductor first. Yeah. No, it just it needed maintenance. It was built in like 1961, so it just needed some maintenance. It was down for a little while, so there was like no Halloween train, no Christmas train for a couple of years. I think COVID played a factor into that as well. But uh, the Christmas train is back. I think it starts. Um, I think it's today actually, and it goes through January 1st. And uh, yeah. You can go check out the. I think it's like fifteen bucks. It's super cheap. It goes to charity, mm-hmm. and it's just up at Stanley Park. There, it's a really fun time uh, for Christmas and for Halloween when they, whenever they do it. So it's cool that it's coming back because it's kind of like this heritage thing for yeah, Vancouver. Yeah, you can take your kids or your a dog, whatever. Yeah, or you go by yourself. Yeah, and people will look at you weird. And He's just uh, riding the train over yeah. and over and over again. Who wants to ride with me? <laughs> Empty seat here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give us a, a disturbing mukel on that one. <laughs> Uh, it's December 1st to January 1st, by the way. Oh, there we go. You can start buying tickets on November 9th. Nice. Okay. Uh, let's fire up the dot matrix. Honestly, to the person who texted in saying that the Oilers and Canucks story is the top story on the Guardian website for the UK sport, that's not true. Is that incorrect? I just went on it, and there's Australia versus Afghanistan Cricket World Cup. Yeah, that's a big game in the World Cup. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. That's what's on their front page, not the Canucks. Uh, What we learned, Humanoid Editions, is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit GetFirePlan.com. Oh, my God! Okay, here's the winner of the SmackDown tickets. We don't have a name, uh, but I'm sure A-Dog has already been in touch. Uh, What we learned is that I need to book hotel and airfare for Vegas in June to watch the NHL awards ceremony to see the Canucks sweep and scoop up all the hardware. So I really need to save money by winning free SmackDown tickets. Great. Uh, I'll allow it. Yep, bit of a stretch, but I'll allow it. What's what's the stretch? The saving money. <laughs> Do I getting well, free he, SmackDown? He was tickets? like, "I'm definitely buying SmackDown tickets." <laughs> oh, of course. It's 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 in his budget. So um, did you did you see? So this is all about uh, in part. Greg Wyshynski from ESPN, they do their NHL awards rankings and ballots throughout the year and keep a tracker on who's leading in the categories. Right. So, just so we're clear, um, the second leading favorite for the Art Ross Trophy is Elias Pettersson, even though he leads the NHL in scoring. He's also currently a finalist for the Hart Trophy. Hold on, I'm not done yet. Uh, Quinn Hughes is the leading candidate and favorite for the Norris Trophy. Uh, nobody for the Calder, so that's a bit of a downer for the club. And then, of course, you've got <laughs> Thatcher Demko as the leading candidate for the Vesna. And then you go all the way down to the Jack Adams, and yes, lo and behold, there is Rick Tockett in the list for that one as well. He's listed as a finalist, not the leader. The leader is Bruce Cassidy of the Vegas Golden Knights because, you know, they haven't lost a game yet. Or did they lose one in, in uh, overtime and shootout? They still are undefeated in regulation. Guys, does anyone else have in their back of their mind this thought? If the Canucks don't make the playoffs after this start. Well, I didn't have it until you said it now, you yeah. big stupid jerk. I wasn't what even thinking about gonna, it. Now I'm really nervous. What are we going to do? Because hashtag the start's not so important after all. We'll have to bank on all these individuals. Like hashtag continue the start. I don't know. I think you could mine a lot of comedy for that. So there'd be that at least. It'll be you hashtag the finish. I'm, I'm kind of tapped out on the gallows humor part of following the Vancouver Canucks. I'm not. All I, I you know what I'm really enjoying? You know what I'm really enjoying? Being Making fun of other. Make, no. Making fun no. of other teams. Making fun of other teams. Being Absolutely. positive. Come on, man. <laughs> Making fun of others. 
You know what really turns my crank? Positivity. Making fun <laughs> of the less fortunate. It is nice. Hey, for That's what I enjoy about this. This is awesome. It's like, been a while. Because every time you'd be like, even... Even, uh, you know, in the playoffs, like, ah, the Leafs lost again in the first round. People would be like, how are the Canucks doing? They're like, oh. Having a direct hand in the demise of the Edmonton Oilers is it's delicious. Yeah, it I'm is. greedy. I, I, want a demi- I want the Senators to fall next, yeah. and then I want the Canucks to go into Toronto and, and score a bunch of goals on that porous it's, Leafs team. And I laid the Flames take out an entire province. Seattle Kraken. There's a couple. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It must be fattening. That's yep. what it feels like. Right um, Doug oh. from Salmon Arm, what we learned, I learned that Tyler Myers has the fourth best plus minus in the NHL. I love all the stats. Mm-hmm. I love people texting in, and, and there was another one about uh, Brock Besser. Oh, here it is. Daryl in Victoria, what we learned. A team can have the number two goal scorer in the league, but he's not one of the top four players on his team. Yes. Mm-hmm. Brock Besser has 10 goals, and only Austin Matthews has more than that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you would be like, well, he's not more important than Thatcher Demko or Quinn Hughes or Elias Pettersson or JT Miller. Or Philip Ronick. But he's still the number two goal scorer in the NHL. Yeah. Listen, all of this is going to calm down a little bit. No. Like the stats are going to even out a little bit, which again has me of two minds. Number one, and this is the biggest part, this is awesome. This is so much fun. Number two, this better not be a trick. Well, look, there's going to be a a regression. I do not think that the Canucks are going to play at a 130-point pace for the remainder of the regular season, nor do I think that they're going to have multiple 100-point scores and multiple 50- and 60-goal scores. It's all going to – you're right. It's going to come back. I don't know if it's so much a trick as it is you need in this league to be able to go on runs like this. If you go back and look at historically, good teams that make the playoffs do two things when it comes to streaks. They usually have one or two really good, long, extending winning streaks. And more importantly, bank points. They, yeah, and they know how to nip um, losing streaks in the bud. Like they don't let them get to five, six, seven games, and they don't have multiple long losing streaks. It's it's kind of a tried and true thing, yeah. right? And, 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 we'll look and, and, at Tampa part- Bay over the last few years. They find ways to um, manage victories where they're like, you know, we're going to extend this winning streak to four. Not playing a great game, but by doing the things we need to do and then locking it down in the third mm-hmm. period. Conversely, a veteran group knows when, okay, we got to go out and get a result tonight. We got to go out and scratch out a point, anything like that. Um, I got one unless you want to go. go. Uh, so two reasons I'm reading this. One, it's another amazing Canucks-related stat. And two, uh, Plop sent it. <laughs> Plop. Longtime listener Plop at 5.10 in the morning. If your name is Plop and you get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to text the show... I am reading. Maybe he plopped last night and he just stayed there. That's his legal name, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we learned. I wonder where this text is from. San Jose has a minus 43 goal differential. (laughs) The Canucks have just over half that in total goals against with 24. It is very rarely can your goal differential be twice as good as someone's um Sorry, goals allowed could be twice as good as someone's goal differential. We have to focus on the fact, though, that this San Jose team is you need to monitor what they're doing because they are a thought exercise and really a litmus test moving forward about how badly you can stink. So what So what was the goal differential for Minus San 43, and the Canucks have okay. only allowed 24 goals. Take the Canucks out of the equation here. Minus 43. There's no one even. Last playing. season, in the entire, over the entire 82 games, 
only seven teams had a worse goal differential than minus 43. Now, you've got to understand that part of this minus 43 goal differential is due to the fact that they gave up 10 goals in consecutive games in San Jose. But what Mike, like Mike Greer, you know, there's like the mad genius. Like, what you're doing is is brilliant, mm-hmm. but it's also dangerous. Right. You know, everyone knows you could do it. We just, should you do it? Mike Greer has assembled a team so bad at hockey that there is that sort of Jurassic Park-ish element. It's like, should we have done this? You have to assume they're going to call some players up, though, as the season goes on, raise that floor a little bit. Like, they'll win some games at some point. Once call they the players. So what? They're going to get know. better from AHL players? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't like, know. they got to be better than what they're running out there now. I, you know what? Two straight I'm actually, goal losses. I'm actually really disappointed that their next game isn't against the Oilers. I know. Because they play Philly tonight, the Sharks do, and then they play the Oilers on Thursday. I was hoping that their next game would be against the Oilers after the 10-1 loss and the 10-2 loss because they're like, you know, and then they got a talking to from the GM. Like, I am hoping... Maybe they'll lose by 10 again tonight. Hope beyond... Yeah, like, I am... I've never been more invested in a Philly-San Jose game than I am for this one because the Sharks need... I can't stress this enough, need to go into that Edmonton game with no wins on the season. And then their first win of the season comes against the Edmonton Oilers. Like, that might do it for Woodcroft. And Holland. I don't think you can fire everyone at once. Well, if you lose to the Sharks. Holland's done at the end of the year anyway. A team with playoff, Stanley Cup aspirations loses to that Sharks team. That's what needs to happen, though, right? The Sharks need to get their first win of the season against the Oilers. That would be incredible. So would be the best possible. Go Flyers. And maybe if if they lose a third game by allowing 10 goals, like, that's great. But just Mm -hmm. Philly. Yeah, happy for torts. Yeah. Philly, (laughs) you got to go and you got to beat San Jose. Okay, if you're listening. The tens of Flyers fans we have listened to the show. Uh, Gunner from Kelowna, what we learned, I learned that the Oilers have the same issues the Canucks had for the last five years. No defense. Even the go-to D-men are having issues on the Oilers, and the Canucks' talented forwards were too much for a struggling defense core. Here's a question, out of nowhere. Would Darnell Nurse be on Team Canada? No. 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 Who Not a the, chance. Okay. Who are, the, who, are the, who are the defensemen on Canada? Kale McCarr, Devon Taves... Would Drew Doughty still be on it? No. No? Would um, Alex Petrangelo still be on it? Yeah, I think Petrangelo will probably be on it. Uh, Who are we missing uh, Thomas here? Shabbat, but he's hurt. Chris Letang? No. What? Really? Morgan Riley? Yeah, Dougie maybe Hamilton. Riley. Dougie Hamilton? I was actually, but I, it actually Shea just... Shea Theodore? Shea Theodore. Yep. Josh yeah. Morrissey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of players I'd have ahead of the list. But that would be a that would be a hell of a thing if Darnell Nurse, like considering what he's getting paid, wouldn't be on Team Canada. Tyler Myers, yeah, a little good as plus minus. He went to the Worlds, right? right? <laughs> Myers has got international experience. Does he, he play for big, Canada or USA? He knows the big sheet. Canada, don't you remember? Does he, he have dual? Uh, he did. Who would be the favorite right now if the Olympics started I was just today? That. The Americans or the Canadians? I mean, the Canadians USA. have the forward group, but not by much. But the Americans definitely edged them out in D and goal. Yeah, if you so, were just I mean, to, I, you were just I to draw it up on, paper. you just need one good goalie. Americans have goalie depth, yeah, but that's just right. one position that would tear them apart. The debate, yeah. right? Like Canada would just have to outscore, like score a ton of goals. Like that's Canada, not the Canadian way. Though, I know right? the Canadian way. You go into these Olympics, you just lock it down. They would have to change it up because that's the that's but, what, but that's you know their what strength right now is scoring. But you know what? I don't think Babcock's going to be the coach. Probably not. <laughs> Are you sure? A little hot take. I don't think Babs <laughs> is going to get the job. He's not going to get the. <laughs> He's not going to get the Team Canada job, nor the Edmonton Oilers job. I feel like he might be out of the running for both. 
Someone joked that uh, Boudreaux might be the next Oilers coach. Hey. I'm here for it. Or Team Canada. This was a good text. It's on sign, so it must be from Gary. Hashtag WWL, what we learned. McDavid is tier three, but he could be tier two if he gets his emotions <laughs> under control. <laughs> right now he's That's tier... Yeah, is he tier three B? Because it wasn't just one, two, three. It was like there was like tier two A, tier two B. Um, what is Quinn Hughes right now? I don't know. Tier 1A. This is all uh, an illusion. If you have no idea what we're talking about, to Dom decision at the Athletic. I didn't pay much attention to the online drama. I just I can't do it. I, I can't argue about everything. It's, uh, just, it's too much. Gary the Atheist, isn't anyone worried that if Woodcroft gets fired, they could turn things around a la the St. Louis Blues? Okay. Yeah. First of all, yes. Number two, if you're Ken Holland, you have to be thinking that. Who's their Bennington, though? Skinner. I, I do think he can turn right. it around. I do, think, I do agree. Last year. Yeah. And, and again, like, so apparently, I, I don't know too much about this, but apparently the Oilers have this new, new zone defense. Yeah. And someone texted in. Uh, it was from, I, I have this somewhere. He said, uh, oh, John, the contributor. I feel like one of the zones in the Oilers' new zone defense should be the slot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, look at that zone. So... Maybe they need to go back to whatever they were doing before or just go to like, and wouldn't it be easier to just go man? Like, isn't that easier just by nature? Right? You're like, you got a guy, I got a guy. Let's not worry about zones. Zones are confusing. Didn't the Whitecaps have those issues? Zonal marking on the corner kicks. Yeah. Which I never liked. However, um, the notion of man. <laughs> man-to-man, man, defense is kind of predicated on your guys' abilities to win individual battles. And if you don't think you have the guys that can win those, mm-hmm. that's why you go back yeah, to you'd be like, zone. Evan Bouchard, one of the things that's going to be important is that you try. Yeah, yeah the other's like, we're going man-to-man. <laughs> oh, God, this is even worse. Yeah. <laughs> few few staples here. Trying is one of them. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I heard that, too. And also, if you're a coach and you spend the amount of time that you spent uh, – developing and employing a new system and then you scrap it 12 games into the season, there's going to be some questions about your coaching. Well, that, well but that's what I'm talking about. If there's a firing, yeah. you bring in a new guy. Because like I, if, if I'm Ken Holland, I'm not, I'm not waiting too long. I mean, the most obvious thing on the planet here is you. I mean, he's got tie. Holland has ties to Gallant from their ties to the New York or the Detroit Red Wings organization. Gallant comes in with fire and brimstone and is less X's and O's and more about, you know, playing hard and playing with an edge and all that stuff. I think that that just seems like a pretty logical move. <laughs> I was like, Gerard Gallant has been fired so many times in the last little while. I'm like, wait a minute, is he a coach right now? No, he's not. Gallant has an unbelievable, for a guy that's been dismissed as many times as he has, his coaching record is off the charts. In terms of wins and losses, mm-hmm. like I, you know, he went to the finals with Vegas. He went to the third round with the Rangers. Yeah, I, it, you, it, not many guys have as many wins as he does, and have been unemployed as many times as he has. While you still his last season with the Rangers, I know they were disappointing in the playoffs, and there were there were issues. There were like personal issues between the head coach and the GM. Clearly, they went forty seven, twenty two, and thirteen. Laddie? While you're speaking about the Oilers still, uh, Speck had a tweet earlier today. He's calling it the end of the Skinner-Campbell tandem. He said, over in his tweet. What are you going to do? What does Speck suggest? But he also says there's only been one goalie found mid-season and taken over really a starter's job, and that was Sean Burke back in 99, he says. So the the options (laughs) are... He did some research. Yeah, he he did some research, and obviously it's very slim chances that the Oilers find somebody that can really take over and take the reins. This was a pretty honest quote from Skinner last night. We had 18 shots, I think, in the first seven minutes. 
pretty impressive, and Demko did a great job. But that's the guy I've got to beat out. I've got to beat out the other goalie, and I didn't do that tonight. And, you know, that's that really was the difference in the game last night. The Canucks got saves when they needed to, when the Oilers came flying out of the gates like everyone expected them to do. They got great saves from Thatcher Demko, and then not from Skinner. And not defensively from the Oilers, too. Like, are we really going to blame Skinner on the first goal that went in off an Oilers defenseman? But that's the thing with all this, the talk about the Oilers goaltending. It's one thing to complain about the defense and the structure, but you're not making any of the saves either. Like, you're, it's not like he's coming up with a big save here and there. They're not getting the saves, and they're playing poor defensively. So, for me, you kind of lose that ability to criticize the defense when you're not even coming up with any of the saves and the high-danger opportunities. So, and what gives you the right to even complain about the defense allowing those teams? And they're not outscoring their problems no, right now. which, which is, is why they thought the other chance of winning would be, would hey, we'll just outscore our problems. But yeah. that's not happening either. Um, I'm going to be very curious to see what the response is because I thought that the collectively, their responses in, me, in speaking with the media yesterday were very muted. But the Oilers, that was about as frustrated as you're going to see a team in the modern NHL. Like, I think the days of, like, trying to start a huge line brawl at the end of a blowout when you're pissed off, it's kind of done. You Now it's more of the way that you're seeing it now. Mm-hmm. Guys run around. Guys chirp. I mean, McDavid could have had three penalties before he got the first one yesterday. And it was just because he was running around. And finally, yeah. the referees were like, should we manage the game now? And lo and behold, well, he was frustrated, did. right? He was frustrated. Yeah. That's, so I, But whatever. in the aftermath, you got to remember, uh, Woodcroft shielded his guys and didn't really take much responsibility for getting tossed. He said that he felt he asked a fair question of the referee. And then everybody else just sort of said, yeah, we're frustrated. There's, you know, I, and I don't know where they go from here because it doesn't seem like there's a good solution in the immediacy. I don't see the goaltending getting significantly better. I don't see the zone defense suddenly clicking. And I'm not sure when McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to be able to mellow out enough to just get back to carrying this team like they always have. Anyway, it's been fun to watch. I'll tell you that. Uh, We got to get out of here for now, but we will be back tomorrow. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all to submitting. Do we ever get the name of the winner for the SmackDown tickets, Andy? Uh, Yeah, Ray or Roy. (laughs) Sort of didn't get his name. Starts with an R. Starts with an R and ends with a Y. Ray or Roy, congratulations. (laughs) You'll be on your way to SmackDown in January. We'll be back tomorrow. Signing off. I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.